This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Young Trish, I have a little teenage slang test for you because my son, he's just got all this these new words and I don't really, yes. he's 16, I don't really understand what's going on. Oh dear, speaking a different language. And I thought it would be uh, fun to, to test it out on you in your uh, wise old age, see if you're down with the kids anymore. Okay. thought you were going to do some down with the kids movement then, but luckily you haven't. Saving that for later. I'm going to start with an easy one. No cap. What's that mean? No cap? Is that not having a hat? No. <laughs> That's not telling a lie. Capping is lying. Oh, oh, I don't know that. How am I supposed to know that? So when we were playing Monopoly the other day, he was yeah. shouting no cap at me. I don't know. Okay. Factos, factos, factos. Um, what factos. does that mean? Uh, something to do with facts? Yeah, it means it's not true. Oh. Or it is true. It, you can use it either way. Okay. Because I yeah. can't just say... Fact or no, that's you can't true. say that. No, you, you can't, can't say, say true that. fact, which would be easier, wouldn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, deep it, deep it. Yeah, more ag. Don't deep it. Oh, going too deep, overthinking. Don't overthink it. I'm going to tell you not to deep it because you're an overthinker, aren't you? Bus me. Uh, drive me somewhere. No, oh, doesn't mean that. It means hand it to me or take it from me. Oh, for God's sake! What does it mean? And then finally. Who let her cook? Right. Which, you know, obviously can be applied to me in any kind of domestic environment. Is there a who let him cook or no? Yes, or a who let whatever cook. It's not breaking bad, Walter White, cooking up mess, anything like that. No, no, it's nothing to do with uh, cooking the mess, your um, hobby on a Sunday. It's about uh, when you say who let her cook, if something goes really wrong yeah. and, you ha- and, and you say who let that person do it, see? Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Oh, my God. I think I've failed. Can I? I'm going to say the word etymology. You know what that means, don't you? Insects. <laughs> Isn't it the source of where a word comes from? All of that makes no sense to me. God, I've got one for you. Go on. Riz. What's Riz? Riz. She's from Greece. Oh, no, that's Rizzo. <laughs> it's your charisma. How much riz has a person got? Oh, how much riz have you gone? I like that, yeah. So I get that because you can see how it gets. Anyway, we just, let's just not go there. It's just let it go. Let it go over your head, yeah. (laughs) 
Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Lorraine Candy. And I'm Trish Halpin. If you're living in a hormonal hothouse, feeling a bit overwhelmed and in need of some positive, uplifting and comforting guidance on how to lead a more magnificent midlife, then this is the show for you. We chat to celebrities and experts on all things midlife, from menopause and perimenopause to parenting teens, via fashion, beauty, wellness, nutrition, fitness, careers, relationships, caring for elderly relatives and your finances. Yes, we ask experts and famous guests all the questions you need answered to have a happier, healthier and more harmonious second act. Trish, I bring you news from the sports field, which I think you'll appreciate. Now, you know I'm the oldest mum in town at any school event at the moment because I'm 55. (laughs) Could be a grandma. And there I am with my fourth child, Mabel, who's 12. And I'm at the last ever sports day I'm ever oh, going to go to because you know they God stop parents after yes, a while because parents God. get out of hand. Anyway, there I am in the pouring rain and the sunshine. Now, which gold medal did you win at school? The shot put. We've, we, everybody knows this is one of my claims to fame. The shot put medal. <laughs> Little Trish won the shot put medal. Little Trish did. And uh, guess what Mabel did? No way. She took the silver. I think that's the sporting terminology. It was her only event at sports day because she's not a fan of sports day. And uh, I asked her, I said, Mabel, why didn't you take part in anything else? And she just looked at me and she said, I'm happy with all my life decisions, which is a 55-year-old head on a 12-year-old body. I think we're influencing her in the old-fashioned sense of the word. Oh my God. Do you think she's been reading your book, maybe? I don't, I don't know. Or something going on there. Well, the shock. First of all, can I say, I didn't even know they still did shot put at sports days, but I'm very glad. Yeah, I'm a flag bearer, I suppose, for shot <laughs> Yeah, for throwing really heavy things. <laughs> exactly. Especially when I'm furious. Yes. I'm very pleased she's following in my footsteps, I have to say. Gives you a different perspective on life, the old shop. But anyway, before we drift back to our school sporting days, guess what's happened? Hang on, I think I know the answer to this. Is it that Margot, my podcat nemesis, or your familiar, as our guest witch called her last week, has left town and hot-footed it back to whichever evil lair she resides in to join the rest of those no. murderous alpha predators that no. she is. That's just the dream that you had last night, I think, <laughs> wasn't it? But you, you've got to stop being mean about Margaret. She's looking very nice. I've got a Chanel blanket upstairs. Wow. Obviously, a lovely little present from back in the day. She's lying on it, looking very pretty, getting it yeah. covered in fur, but never mind. No, the big news is, how did this happen? We've almost reached the end of season nine of Postcards from Midlife. We've got today's show and next week's and then we're having a little break, I think, aren't we, for the summer. And today's show is number 144. How did we do that? How have we stayed jabbering on for 144 hours, basically? God, who knows? Um, It's a bit of a glorious achievement. I'm quite proud of it, actually. And a big thank you to all the brands who supported us on the podcast and all our magnificent listeners of those 144 episodes so far. Now, talking of support, though, I've got a quick favour to ask our lovely listeners because we do end the season in a couple of weeks. And before we go, we would love some five-star reviews. (laughs) I mean, other stars are available, obviously, but five (laughs) is our favourite and our best. Could you do that on your podcast provider? So it only takes a minute for you to scroll down to all uh, the bottom of the episode descriptions. It's really useful for us. Um, It's very good to keep us producing this podcast and it makes us relevant when we take a break between seasons. Yes, thank you very much in advance to all of you who do that for us. Um, I don't know what we do without this community. It just brings us so much joy, doesn't it? All our interactions. And um, when I 
was patrolling the Facebook group, lurking, lurking on the Facebook group, uh, which I do every day pretty much. I went through all the emotions. It's like four seasons in one scroll, isn't it? Let's <laughs> chat about everything from disappearing eyebrows, facial bum fluff yes. and uh, sudden rage. All of midlife is there, I should say. <laughs> it feels like we're all living the same life because um, if we hit a snag as well. We just go on to Facebook and we ask somebody else because somebody always knows and you don't yes. feel a bit of a burke for asking yeah. there, do you? Which is really comforting, actually. But there was one post this week which really made my heart sing because it kind of summed up the core of the community and of midlife women in general. It's this idea that we reach a stage of life where you stop doing the things you don't want to do and start doing the things you do want to do purely for you. So Susan, with two N's, uh, Gallium, posted a fantastic picture of herself strapped to a large male. <laughs> she was skydiving. I mean, who can do that? And she wrote... And it's brilliant, this. A momentous day yesterday when I jumped out of a plane at 13,000 feet to raise vital funds for an incredible local charity, something I will never forget. I'm 49, menopausal, scared of heights, but thought after the year I've had, what's the worst that can happen, right? In March 22, my husband left me after 33 years together, and I am still beyond heartbroken. Six months later, my 67-year-old dad died in my arms. 10 days after a lung cancer diagnosis. It still doesn't seem real and grief hits me at the strangest random moments. Five months later, I was made redundant. So this is nothing in comparison, I thought. Well, it wasn't nothing. It was everything. Words cannot describe the experience. Just mind-blowing. And I raised £2,000 for the Helping Hands Community Project. So it's a win-win. Ladies, go do the scary things. They're worth it. You'll feel invincible afterwards, I promise you. I thought I'd never laugh again. And here I am working hard on being okay. Oh, Susan, that is incredible. And we really do doff our caps to you. We salute you and see you as the powerful elder woman that you are. And I loved all the comments below. There were hundreds of them. Um, another brave midlifer called these times our tower moments which I hadn't heard before. And that is the moment when the tower tumbles down all around you, but you have to go deep inside your soul, clear the tower debris, find the warrior within and enjoy life. Also, may I add, Susan, that you do actually look a bit like Stockard Channing in Greece, the gorgeous Stockard Channing, as someone else pointed out in the comments. <laughs> she did. It was such yeah. a lovely uplifting. It really made me go about my day in a different way. Um, but I couldn't jump out of a plane, Trish, because, you know, I can't go to the top of a stepladder without feeling faint. You just say the word tower and I get terrible vertigo. We also had another warrior woman story this week. Young Hannah off on a solo adventure, isn't she? She's leaving her family, heading out on her own, which is something I think that uh, my little Trish, my hermit, Oh, it's building. You've got a niggle yes. about this solo trip, haven't you? And yeah. Lots of women on the group seem to be yearning for it too. Yes, I do. I don't know whether it's going to be a sea-based adventure or a land-based adventure. Yes. Or a, I just, I don't know. But I feel it. I feel that there's one brewing. And uh, talking of the sea, we're going to be chipper jabbering about the sea a bit later. We're not going yeah. to try and explain why. It will make sense. We're going if you into stay the blue. Tuned. Into yeah. the blue. Stay tuned. Oh, anyway, back to Hannah on Facebook because she wrote a long post which we've shortened a little, but it's another one that just got so many incredible reactions from the community. She says, "I'm turning fifty later this year. I've been a parent three sons since I was nineteen. Seven years ago, I waved my youngest son off from home." 
I started distance hiking with an older friend who taught me how to solo hike with the ambition I'd take myself off on an independent adventure within a year. I ignored my anxiety about being outside alone and I managed to get my distances up to 26 miles, walked 21 miles over the Malvern Hills, tackled a good chunk of the Jurassic Coastal Pathway, became a pretty good map reader planning routes and several trips for me and my friends. But really, my big dream was to eventually make it out on a big national trail by myself for more than a day's hike. But in 2017, my husband and I found ourselves unexpectedly raising our 17-month-old grandson and I had to bury my dreams of travel and adventure and instead threw myself back into work and even recently finished an MSc at Oxford. Things are much more positive now, though, but I still feel it deep inside me. I don't let myself dwell for too long on what's been lost. During the last couple of years, I've been listening to women talk about their experiences in midlife and recently been watched the brilliant Bridget Christie's The Change. Seeing her take out her old motorbike and head off in search of herself reignited my own dream to head off on my venture. My grandson is almost eight now and I woke up this week and fancifully wrote in my journal, I'm going to do it. And then seeing the words written out on the page, I said them out loud and realised I'm actually going to do it. So Hannah is going on a 140 kilometre hike She's ordered maps. She's got her backpacker's tent, sleeping bag stoked. She's set the date, planned the route. It's amazing. I mean, that not that incredible? So she hasn't been on a solo trip since she was 17. She's been parenting and now grandparenting for a very long time. She's terrified, but she's going anyway. Quite amazing. Quite isn't amazing, it? isn't she? Despite all the stuff we go through, and these two women have been through Ooh. quite a lot, we can sort of find that seed of hope and the energy to get up and go and fulfil a dream. But I guess this is what happens when we realise that time is our most important commodity. We've been uh. through those things. We've seen grief, despair, heartbreak, and it can make us adamant to find the positive experiences. And we've learned a lot. And we've, we're going to put that knowledge to test, aren't we? I don't think we would do these things when we were younger. So I think these more challenging situations are something we embrace as we're older. And yet the narrative in society without going all militant on you, is that we would only do them if we were younger. Um, I was listening to uh, Bridget Christie talk this week on a podcast because the change is so good. And if you haven't watched it, you must watch it Mm -hmm. on Channel 4. And she was saying that when she was researching films and TV in the past 20 years where older women left home, there weren't any. There was basically Shirley Valentine and she only went for a week. (laughs) I mean, imagine that it's just not a narrative. The narrative is we don't do it. No, exactly. Whereas inside, we really can do it because we're in our wisdom years. Yes, whether we have a motorbike or not. But I'm going to astound you now with a third week of celebrity name dropping because I had uh, Mo Farah and Sam Ryder last week, Twiggy the week before, stars in their cars. Stars in the cars, Twiggy's lunch. And now, you're not going to believe this because I'm watching the change. Absolutely love it. In a little restaurant in town, vegetarian restaurant uh, in town yesterday lunchtime, who walks in? Bridget Christie. Our leader. <laughs> Our new midlife leader, exactly. <laughs> and I did that. What was she wearing? My friend and pointing. She was wearing shorts. And she looked so good. She was wearing, you know, sh- oh, well, sort of mid-thigh length shorts. And I just couldn't stop staring at her, obviously. And I was being starstruck. Was it like when we saw Leslie Manville and we went towards her? Oh, yes. And then we became, we were overcome by our love of her and had to go away. Anyway, these two women on our Facebook page have basically written midlife love letters to themselves, which I think we should all go and do right now. But before you go off and compose one, let's talk about the guest on today's show. This is another woman who took a huge risk to believe totally in herself and set up her own business 
which really paid off and has actually been really helpful to other women. Yes, indeed. On the show today, we have Melissa Murrell, who has a personal styling business, and she began her entrepreneurial journey in her local village hall. But today, she's going to be sorting out all of our wardrobe worries and making us feel more confident every time we go into a changing room. She's a YouTube sensation. 200,000 followers. Anyway, she'll have lots of advice for you all listening on what's right for your shape and how to create a new look if you feel the urge in midlife. Yeah, she'll be good for the lady on the Facebook group who asked us all how she could get out of this uniform of mum leggings. The mum, the domination of the mum legging, which is obviously yes. now beginning to worry us, isn't it? We're not liking it. So, yes. but Melissa can help with that. She can because she's very, very practical. She did some workshops and talks actually at Postcards from Midlife Live. Um, and she's very good on affordable style ships for women. So it's going to be a great chat and a little bit of housekeeping because I just want to make sure you listen to the whole show. Got a brilliant section on the sea coming up. And then at the end of the show, just in case you miss it sometimes, people, we do Nostalgia Noodle and it's going to be very good today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you've ever opened your wardrobe doors, felt your heart sink and thought, I've got nothing to wear. This week's special guest, Melissa Murrell, founder of MM Personal Styling, is about to become your fashion fairy godmother. Describing herself as a personal stylist for the everyday woman with lumps and bumps, Melissa, aged 47, has been transforming lives and wardrobes up and down the country with her one-to-one styling sessions, multi-million viewed YouTube videos, as well as her own styling academy. But her midlife success has come as something of a surprise. Having given up her career in London to move to a countryside location with her military husband, James, and their two children, Millie and Harry, now aged 15 and 13, she advertised a body shape masterclass for the everyday woman in her local village hall. She put out 10 chairs and 140 women turned up. Her styling consultancy business was born, but with her husband frequently away and two children to look after, Styling was more of a hobby than anything else. Then COVID hit, so she went on YouTube to create helpful videos for her local clients, but word spread and within a year she had more than 12 million video views. Since then, she's built a following of 200,000 on her YouTube channel, thanks to her practical inspiring show and tells on everything from how to style a large bust and apple-shaped stomach to modern workwear, holiday packing and wearable seasonal trends. 
Melissa says looking stylish is all about choosing the right clothes to fit your body shape, developing a capsule wardrobe relevant to your lifestyle, and finally accessorising to complete the outfit. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife, Melissa. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, now let's start by asking you how you would describe your personal style. You are wearing a really gorgeous green blouse this morning. Tell us what it is, describe it, and why you chose to wear it today. I wasn't wearing this five minutes ago. Let me just tell you that. (laughs) So my style generally is, I think I've probably got two styles. I've got my mum's style, which is running errands and everything. So that's probably more elevated gym wear. So comfy clothes that I can do my Pilates in or do a bit of exercise or pretend I'm doing exercise. But then I can stick it with a cashmere jumper or something. So you can still go out in it. So that's very much my uniform. But work-wise, I love colour and structure because it makes me feel better. It makes me stand better. It gives you a better posture. And this is actually a dress rather than a blouse today. This is a, a me and M one. But the reality is right now, under, underneath on my feet, I've got my slippers. Yes. <laughs> I've got we no like shoes it here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So keeping it real under the desk as often sure. we just need to see this bit. So yeah, a mix of styles, I think. But more everyday relaxed wear is what I prefer to wear. When you say the words personal styling, get to the crux of the matter here. Yeah. I think, oh my goodness, J-Lo calling in a fleet of people to tell her what to wear, going to cost a fortune, going to make me buy loads of Dolce & Gabbana, all of that. It still has that connotation, uh, personal styling, but you're you're actually changing that, aren't you? Because you make it very accessible to all women. Because I know a lot of our listeners ask a lot about fashion on the Facebook page. If you mention go and see a stylist, it worries them slightly because they're fearful. How are you making it accessible? You are right. There is that connotation, but that is not the reality for my world. That is not the women that I style. I've been styling normal, everyday women, mums on the school run, um, working ladies, retired people, in high street clothes. You won't find any designer handbags, designer clothes with any of the clients that I deal with at all, actually. I think that notion is definitely one that needs needs readjusting, um, for want of a better phrase. We make it accessible, though, via offering different services to our clients at different price points. So, for example, an online styling session will cost you the same as going back and forth to the shopping centre three times yeah. with your petrol and car parking. Yeah. <laughs> and we might, you know, let's say somebody's come to us for a special occasion outfit. We'll do that in an hour for you. You won't have any of the hassle, the stress. So it is a really small amount of investment if you look at it like that. But I appreciate that there's still those of you that still can't afford that level of investment anyway. So this is where we put out a YouTube video every single week. They're so useful. And your Instagram. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm not very good at Instagram. I'm st- I still don't like social media, to be honest with you. And so I struggle being on it. Uh, so we're slowly getting there with Instagram because it's the first 20 years of my styling career, I never had any social media. It was only after Mm -hmm. lockdown. But what we produce on on YouTube each week is we we dress real women with real bodies live on the channel. And when we do so, we link all the clothes that we use. 
So we teach the audience how are we going to put this top on this really big chested lady or how are we going to disguise her stomach? And this is the top we've used and this is why it's working. And then they can just go and click on the links. It's all free, obviously. The clothes aren't free if they click on the links. Um, but the, the advice is free. And if they click on the links, they can get straight to those clothes. So they can get access to a personal stylist without actually paying out any money at all. And I think women, they just don't have the confidence to invest in themselves and sort of society teaches us that fashion is a bit shallow and we shouldn't really care about that. And that's really unfair, isn't it? Because a quick investment in a personal styling session relieves you of the pressure of deciding what to wear for important meetings at work and things like that, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of my clients come to me and they'll perhaps have an initial um, conversation and they'll say, oh, I'm going to book you when I lose weight, for example. The styling session will start that process for you Mm -hmm. or it will make your life easier in getting ready for work every day. Whatever the problem is they've come to me to sort out, the styling session will actually do that because they'll feel more confident about themselves at the end of it, which then means everything else flows a lot more nicely. It, It really is about confidence. It's not about the clothes. It really isn't. As you say, it has the power to make you feel, make or break your day, doesn't it? What you wear, what you see when you look in the wardrobe. Totally. And and, and the work that you do with um, women and their body shapes. So can you tell us about any stories maybe of women who have, you've seen go through a bit of a transformation just through this process? Oh my goodness. Yes. There's been hundreds. A really good one perhaps to tell your listeners about is a lovely lady. She's called Ellie Loves on Instagram, actually. She's a really delightful lady. Um, she's a breathwork coach. And the reason why this one is perhaps good, good to tell your listeners is because they could actually go on YouTube and watch her journey. That wasn't deliberate at all. So she had booked an online styling session with myself. And at the start of those sessions, we asked if they want it recorded, just for private use, not for public use. She said yes. And by the end of that session, the transformation was amazing. And I'm not just talking about what she looked like, but how she felt about herself was amazing. So Ellie won't mind me saying, because she's now allowed me to put this video on YouTube, but she had put on three or four stone in the last couple of years. Her body had changed. She wanted to dress like the old her, but she didn't know how to do it in this new body. She thought she couldn't, so she hid behind big, baggy, black sacks of outfits, really. Um, She's got a really lovely, got gorgeous smile. She's beautiful, really beautiful, but it was killing her, this idea that she just constantly wanted to lose weight. And I think it just resonated with the, like I say, I put it then on, on YouTube because at the end of the session, I said to her, why don't you come on the YouTube channel and I will dress you in clothes that I've gone out and bought you rather than just the ones you've got there in your wardrobe. And I'll show you the next step of how I can really make you look when I balance out your hourglass shape and I can get you to forget about all of these lumps and bumps. So we did that. So there's actually two videos on YouTube they can watch. And this woman has just gone from strength to strength since her business has taken off. She's confident. It was just lovely. Really, really nice. Well, what specifically did you do to dress her? So first of all, we put everybody back into an hourglass shape. That is the starting point for styling. So what we mean by that is, um, you know, your old-fashioned egg timer or your Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. 
So let's say, for example, in Ellie's case, she's got a large bottom and larger thighs. She was smaller on top, but not a lot of people get get hooked up on um, the sort of five body stereotypical shapes, your pear, your apple and that. But she was a bit of pear because she was bigger. She had a shelf bottom that really stuck out at the back. But she was smaller on top, but not really small like a pear should have been. And this is where a lot of confusion comes with a lot of ladies because they don't know what shape they are. And the reason they don't know what shape they are is because they don't fit into one of these perfect little boxes. And that's okay because the majority of women don't. So part of the process was showing her that that's okay. Nobody, not, not many women do. And then by showing her, if I just broadened her on top to match her hip. You gave her shoulders. Yeah. So like shoulder pads or, you know, little um, tucks like I've got here, little pin, right. um, a collar. So you're changing the silhouette for her. Yes, I'm changing her silhouette and using clothes to do it. And when I was able to show her what she then looked like and tuck in a top, she hasn't tucked in a top for years. I know. It's a shame women do that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But she's short. And so she thought she couldn't tuck a top in or wear an ankle grazer jean, for example, because it was going to make her look shorter. Where what was actually making her look shorter was wearing a longer top and then an ankle grazer jean. So if you steal the length off the bottom of your frame, for example... You've got to gain it back somewhere else on your frame. And you could do that by quickly tucking in. But she was like, but that's going to show my stomach. Well, no, not if we broaden your shoulders, because when we broaden your shoulders, your stomach's going to look smaller anyway. And she was just flabbergasted <laughs> looking in the mirror. So, yeah, it was lovely. That was so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was about buying the clothes to put her back into that hourglass shape. So being more concentrated on the clothes. Now, we get a lot of uh, questions about changing bodies. So when we come to yeah. our midlife, which is roughly 40 to 60, we store fat in different places. And we may have been one shape and we suddenly become, we really literally suddenly, it feels like overnight. We had um, Sadie Frost on the show and she said it felt like overnight her body shape totally changed. That's a bit of a shock, affects our confidence. What do you say to women about it, the midlife women who come to you and say, my body is now a completely different shape from what it was. So my, I look in my wardrobe, what the hell can I wear? So all of my women come and say that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just make sure that that's clear. There's not one, 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 one woman that doesn't come to me. No one doesn't. comes and says, I'm amazing. Look at this new tummy I've got. I love it. <laughs> no, exactly. Because they don't need me if they feel like that. Because they're coming to me because they're lacking confidence. And it's the same approach with every single one of them. And I think this is the message that I try and get out across YouTube and to all my clients and on our online styling courses is that the same approach works for everyone, regardless of where these new lumps and bumps or saggy knees are, etc. And that is to put your frame back into the hourglass shape using clothes. And when you do that, you won't see your stomach. You won't see your shoulders, so you'll see a new silhouette. And when they see this new silhouette, they forget about their thighs or their stomach or whatever. So that's the key. You don't need to go on every diet and try and change that body shape. You just need to pick the right clothes to put you back into the shape. I give a money-back guarantee on my styling sessions, and that is that you will feel more in proportion. A lot of people then feel smaller as a result. And it's not necessarily about looking smaller, but when you look in proportion, you'll hide your lumps and bumps 
And by default, you'll look smaller at the same time. So we show them. We can't tell them. Because imagine if I tried to tell somebody with big thighs, don't concentrate on the, sh- on the trousers because you can't do anything about your thighs. You've got to concentrate on your shoulders. It's buying a top with broader shoulders that will make your thighs look smaller. They'll be like, no, don't be stupid. I need to continue shopping for that flat-fronted pair of trousers with a side zip up because that is what's going to make my legs look smaller. And I'm saying, absolutely not. That is not going to make you. Your legs are still going to look the same size. What will make you look smaller is then if we reportion the rest of your frame. And then with colour as well, because that's another thing that I think women start wanting to change around the midlife time because... Lorraine and I both had to wear a lot of black for work. We didn't have to, but that's kind of what we ended up as our fashion uniforms. And we've just found it so aging in the last few years. But then the idea of embracing colour can be a bit of a shock in midlife as well, can't it? Because you're like, I'm not used to it. I don't want to stand out. And I don't want anybody to look at me and get right. Yes. Yeah. We get a lot of that. I think the main thing here is to get the message across that black is not going to make you necessarily look smaller. It will drain you unless you wear a face full of makeup every day. Black only really goes with black or white, maybe a bit of tan. You know, the amount of women's houses I go to and they've got black trousers to go with every sort of multicoloured shirt or whatever. And that's not the case. A navy or a beige would have gone a lot better. So I think it's dispelling that myth. And then in terms of introducing colour, it is first of all about building them a neutrals capsule wardrobe. I don't introduce any strong colours until I know that they've got all their basics covered. You'd have three or four base colours. So let's say navies, neutrals, like whites, maybe a tan, maybe a grey. And perhaps all of those four basic colours will all mix and match lovely together. It's only when that is working for every aspect of their lifestyle will I then introduce them to a bright green or a bright pink. But we'll do that usually in a flat colour with no, not necessarily any pattern on. So something that they, again, can mix in with everything else. So we go slowly on colour, to be honest with you. But what I would say is when they do get to the stage where they're in colour, it lifts them. It makes their eyes sparkle. I think the lovely thing about colour is when you start wearing it, strangers say to you, oh, that's that's a yeah. lovely colour. And it really lifts your day. I mean, I wear bright orange now, which obviously in my uniform of black days, I would, would, you, I would have run screaming into the hills from, but it really suits me. And people always say, oh, you look lovely in that orange shirt. And it's just, a, this is the thing about clothes. They can give you so much confidence if you know how to use them, can't they? Yes, they can. Yeah. In, um, we've got a video coming out on Sunday and we dress a size 18 lady, really big boobs, just voluptuous all over in a bright orange jumpsuit. And she's got the same hair colouring as yourself, actually, Lorraine. Yeah. And she looked fantastic in it. And you can see they stand there with their shoulders back. Makes a difference. Does make a difference. Yeah. Before we get on to more fashion advice, um, because we're going to suck you dry. Okay. (laughs) What are your best tips? (laughs) Brace yourself, Melissa. Brace yourself. Don't worry. Um, we wanted to just get a bit of your personal story and this journey to this this incredibly successful business that you've come into. It's, it's amazing. You're a military wife and you moved to the countryside to be with your, your husband. And was that what you expected? Did you know what to expect? Did I know what to expect? For, what, from being a military wife? 
No. <laughs> we don't need to go any further on that. Okay. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't know what to expect, but I, I love life as being a military wife, actually. My husband um, is no longer in the middle military per se, but he still works every day with the military. So it's still very much around us, but we're in our own house, so we're not on a military base or anything like that anymore. But, you know, my career had to take a step back, really, because I had two children in succession. I moved when I first moved. I used to live in Australia. When I first moved back to the UK, met James. We moved up north within one week of moving to um, the York area. He was sent on an exercise for eight weeks. He got home for one week and then he was sent to Afghanistan for six months. And so that takes some adjusting because we weren't married at that point. So you can't be on a military base. So I was very much alone in a new city and I was setting up a new company, which I used, I used to have a loungewear and sleepwear company, which is where all the styling started from. It was lonely. But when we did then get married and have children and you move on the base, it is a um, really inclusive community. There was always somebody who was worse off than you. I know that sounds awful, but it helped you then put what was happening to you in more perspective. So my next door neighbor, for example, she had you know, I had two little ones, but she had two autistic sons and her husband had been away for nearly two years with, you know, odd weeks back. Mine had only been away for six months and was coming back for six months. And my husband is an Apache instructor, uh, test pilot. And so whenever he was away on an operation or an exercise or in Afghanistan, he was relatively safe. <laughs> my next door neighbor's husband was on the ground. She would go weeks without hearing from him. Mine would fly in and phone me every day to tell me he was okay. There was people that had it worse. And it was a lot of fun. It was it was like women, all of us together, a little bit championing, you know, we can do this together. We don't really need them around. We can get through this. And yes, it was a great life, really. So if you are like the listener on our private Facebook group who says she doesn't even know where to start with getting out of her mum leggings. The mum leggings. The yes. mum leggings. Oh my God, there's an epidemic of mum leggings. As a former fashion magazine editor, it, it pains oh, me to see the mum leggings. Oh, it's a kind of safety net though, isn't it? It's yeah. a kind of get, yeah, safety get out. But she's like, she's deter she's decided. She's got a break free of the leggings. Where does she start? What would be the first few pieces that you would buy to create a capsule wardrobe? She shouldn't rush out and go and buy anything before she's assessed her body shape and her needs in her lifestyle. And she's being honest with herself about those needs and that lifestyle. Because I think most people just look on Instagram and they see that they've got to have this one pair of black trousers, this one stripy top, and then that is going to be their capsule wardrobe. And 99% of the time, it's just utter rubbish for that particular person's lifestyle. This is what we do on our styling courses, actually. We take them through this styling journey and say, we're not even going to look at the clothes yet until we know what body shape you are. So let's say that this mum in the leggings is bigger around her thighs, smaller on top. So traditional more pear shape, for example. I'd be then saying to her, let's really analyze your lifestyle. Are you at work 50% of the time, 40% of the time? Are you running around after a toddler on the floor? Are you just never going out really? And um, Do you go out to pubs in the evening? And I'd be assessing that. Once I've assessed that, we then break down the wardrobe into those proportions. So let's say she's Let's say a stay-at-home mum. 
I'd be saying that her wardrobe needs to be 90% really comfy, casual items. So we think, okay, well, you've been in leggings at the moment. What's a good transition from leggings? It could just be an elasticated waistbanded, but more ankle grazer linen trouser, for example, for the summer. So then we look at that as an option, but then we're always saying, well, okay, you've got the bigger size. So what now can we put on the top that's going to broaden you on the shoulders and that matches your lifestyle? So we'd start off with a plain white t-shirt, for example, and maybe the accessories to then lift the outfit. That forms the start of a capsule wardrobe. We then start to develop it. So we say, okay, well, it's fine having the short sleeve t-shirt in in white, but what happens if it's raining outside, have you got a white long sleeve t-shirt that you can still wear with the same linen trousers, but you can be more weather appropriate? Have you got a jacket that's going to complete that outfit? Have you got, instead of wearing your Birkenstocks, have you got a closed toe shoe, a, a good white leather trainer that we can change that outfit, but we've still got the fundamentals there. We've still got the fundamentals of an elasticated, comfortable trouser, a white top, But now we've made it relevant to lifestyle, the weather, and whatever your situation is. That's how they go about getting out of their black leggings. Yeah. It's really breaking it down, isn't Mm. it? It's really kind of dissecting it and breaking it down. And it does make a lot of sense, I have to say. And what about the kind of foundations like underwear, we know that getting the right underwear, possibly the right shapewear is super important, isn't it? And I watched an interesting video where you were explaining why the sort of longer spanks aren't necessarily a good idea. And you had this little wasty something or another, I can't remember what oh, it was waist called. Yes. Waist the waist snipper. nipper from Devon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The waist snipper. Yeah. What else would you, any little secret buys like that that you would recommend? Okay. So for shapewear. So for my clients with the, the average sort of budget, I, first of all, if they've got big bust, Bravissimo, brilliant. That's a great first stop. They do online uh, bra measurements as well. So that's really good. Marks and Spencer's is always great, you know, if your bust is of, of normal average size in terms of shapewear. Oh, have you heard of Alicia Kite shapewear? No. 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 So relatively new to me. I'm going to show it on the channel in a couple of weeks' time, but oh my goodness, it's going to be a game changer for any midlife body. So Alicia was a, a stylist, or is a stylist. She's 60 years old now. She, 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 she wouldn't mind me saying that. I don't know her personally, but I can tell from her personality she wouldn't mind me saying it. But she's developed this shapewear that is a two-piece item. Um, it's joined together as a one-piece, though. So you've got your body that holds you all in, but she has adapted it for a midlife body. So, for example, we talked about the lower pouch belly earlier on. So a lot of shapewear will have the tightness around the belly button area to pull the stomach in. But then you've got the bottom pouch bit that then sticks out. So her elastic on her things starts lower down. So it really holds in the bottom part of your waist. And then she's got this camisole, which is attached to the shapewear. Because even if you wear shapewear, it's got to come out somewhere. So you can very rarely, unless you're really slim, just wear that shapewear as a top. So then you have to put another top on it. Often then you get static on it and things like that. And it's just really uncomfortable. So she has put a camisole attached to the shapewear over the top. And on that shapewear, on the camisole, she's put the lace higher up. So the underarm fat doesn't come out. 
So that's really good. Liney details, yeah. Yeah, liner details. And I like when we saw I actually contacted her on Instagram because I saw it and I said I, I need to show that at some point on my channel. Um and I've since tried it myself and I'm like, oh, I, I feel like now I could go out in the shapewear but not wear a jacket or anything. That's a game changer. Gives you confidence. Yeah. The other game changer, um, so a waist snipper, you mentioned that. So Debenhams is still available online now, isn't it? I I was yeah. I thought it had closed down completely, but it's not. So it's called a waist nipper. It just sits in the mid section underneath your bust and at the top of your pubic bone. It's got bones in. And I'd say it probably works on maybe 75% of my clients who have got the apple barrel stomach. So that's different from a sort of a front stomach. The thickness goes all the way around the back. Yes. Really. And they've often got a flat bottom and really slim legs. It's it's a characteristic of that shape. And that does wonders for slimming them down and feeling more comfortable in the midsection. But it only works if you're quite equally balanced in your proportions if you've got a really long torso then the bones can stick into you and if you've got a really short torso then the bones can bend so it has to be right for you but if it works for you it's brilliant now the other thing that comes up all the time it's the question we get asked i think probably once a week jeans jeans Mm. jeans jeans how do they make you look taller how do they make you look shorter i mean i've more or less given up shopping for jeans because it's such a (laughs) diabolically confusing formula. Where do we start? If your listeners could see me now, I'm just shaking my head thinking, don't ask me the question. (laughs) It's a minefield. It's a minefield. It's a nightmare. I struggle with myself personally. Lots of clients struggle. If you have slim legs, and um, you are pretty much equally proportioned, you know, you're a you're a size, I don't know, 12, 14, 16 on your waist and your legs, just go to Zara. They'll fit you great. I just got a great pair from Zara, actually, for short women. Inexpensive. They're great. You can often just cut the um, hems off if you need a petite version, and that's more than acceptable. But here's a good one. I had a client the other day. She was an 18 around her stomach area. So she was the apple shape we've just been mentioning. But she was a size 12 on her hips. That is a big difference. Does she yeah. buy the size 18? Does she buy the size 12? Well, she can't get the 12 done up around her waist. So it's got to be the size 18. So in her case, we then look for something with more elastic in, more elastane. So we can perhaps move her down to a size 16 because she's got the flexibility in the um, fabric composition. Right. But then yeah. it's not so baggy hanging off her bottom. So next is very good for that. And also a very good gene for that is more like a jegging type of style. But then what you don't want to fall in the trap of is a jegging skinny trouser. No. Because imagine if you're all big around your waist and a lot of ladies who do have carry it around their waist, they think their best asset is their slim legs. But if you show off your slim legs proportionally compared to your waist, you're going to look more like square bob sponge pants, bear SpongeBob SquarePants. That's the way, that's the right way. <laughs> that's Trish's fashion icon, yeah. <laughs> you don't need enemies with friends like that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you don't then want to go for the skinny. What you want to do is balance out your legs so it makes your stomach look smaller. So for that person, you'd want to buy perhaps the jegging in maybe a, a boot cut or a straight ankle grazer, for example. So for people with 
bigger size, which is more myself, I would say just shop in the more mature shops, your Hobbs, your Marks and Spencers, because they're used to a more shapely woman to begin with. But in all honesty, for myself, I have now gone to uh, more specialist jeans companies, which they are more expensive, but Mother Jean, Redone and uh, Citizens of Humanity. Yeah, Mother's very good, I think, for different shapes. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And you can go on the Outnet or somewhere like that and get them for, you know, a, a really decent price, a third of the price that they usually are. And they will last you longer and they'll be comfy. That's the key. Now, another one, because we're, we're coming up to summer holidays, swimwear brands. Which ones do you Ooh. love? Do you, do you style with swimwear? Is that something? I'm getting a bikini. I need oh. to go and get a bikini. Oh, Don't say, oh, okay. my God. <laughs> I won't be wearing it for this podcast. Special. <laughs> uh, where do I go then to get a bikini? Goodness me. Okay, so it depends what you're trying to do with your shape because even in a bikini, we'll need to put you back into an hourglass shape. So I had a, an American lady online yesterday, for example, who uh, needed broadening on her shoulders. Oh, and she had big thighs. Oh, she had larger thighs as well. So she was wearing these big bottom, big bottom bikinis. But what she actually needed is the small ties, you know, the ones that just tie it. They, oh, yeah. See, I want that, but I'm very fearful that that's a ridiculous thing for a woman in her 50s. No, no, no. You just have to buy the right one. So, for example, let's say you were trying to cover your stomach up at the same time. So you'd look then for a slightly higher waisted, but it still had some tie detail at the side because that will help to distract. Right. Um, but then you've got to think about your bust. So for me, I always need to, because I'm heavier on the bottom, I need to broaden out here. So I, I might have a thicker strap or, or a, a thinner strap, sorry, on top because a thinner strap in a colour that matches my stin skin tone is going to make me look broader. A bandeau top is going to make me look broader. So often it's not the bikini or where you get it from. It's the style of bikini that puts you back into the hourglass shape, which will make you look fantastic. Because, you know, you can go to any designer in the world, but if you pick the wrong shape to put you back into the hourglass, then it still won't look great. But in terms of answering your question, where do you go to? The fantastic one in Marks and Spencers at the moment, a fantastic swimming costume galloped all the way down the middle there. That is suiting everybody. Reese, I really like their bikinis, but they're very small. I was going to say, they all seem to go up your bum. Oh, yeah, that's very unpleasant, isn't it? Nobody needs to no, see that. No, nobody wants them. to see no, that. But all, no. I mean, I was on a beach recently and every girl under the age of 40 had an up a your bum. It's a thing, isn't definitely, it? Definitely, yeah. It's definitely not in my lifestyle. So how I counteract that, because that then does reduce your choices when you go in a shop because they're so tiny. Yeah. So what you're better to do is, again, go for one that ties on the side. And even though it is meant to go up your backside, if you buy the bigger size, because <laughs> you can pull it in at the side, okay. you get more coverage. Yes, right. Good. Uh, yeah. So then you have more choice available to you. That sounds great. So helpful. So so I'm going for a match my skin tone colour, tie-sided bikini. 
I'm excited about that, Trish. Are you coming with me to watch me try that all on, Trish? Do you think? I'll be in the shape. Pop that on Instagram. Yeah, can I can I come and record it for YouTube? That'd be brilliant. <laughs> be hysterical. I tell you, I haven't worn a bikini for quite a long time just because I swim. Not because I'm not what I'm not worried. I don't care what people think, but I swim a lot, so and they're a bit of a pain to yes, they swim come in. Off. But I think this summer I'm 55. I think I'm just gonna go back into my bikinis of my youth. So I'm doing tie sided. Yeah, <laughs> but I think we should find out quickly before you go, before we let you go, Melissa, about the Styling Academy because I, I mean this is very interesting because it's if you want to become a stylist. So we've done two courses. So there's the Personal Styling for Yourself course. So that's for um, everybody out there, whatever your size, whatever your shape, whatever your body, whatever your concerns, and it's an online course that you can do at your own pace that talks you through. How to, this lady who wants to get out of her black leggings shows you how to do that because it breaks it down every single session. You know, we recorded over 18 videos to show them and it's just full of real women from a size 6 to a size 24. Big boobs, no boobs, small boobs, saggy knees, real everyday issues that real women are facing. And then our second course is how to become a personal stylist. And it's basically a regurgitation of everything I've learned in 20 years that wasn't on any of the other courses that I went to. So we teach them how to make a profitable business. They often come wanting to become a personal stylist because they can dress their lovely size eight figure. Well, try dressing Ethel down the road who has got a 40 double F chest. Very, very different. And then how do you make that business profitable? You know, you'll you'll end up going to the shops for her 20 times trying to get the right outfit to fit her. That's not profitable. How do you make it profitable? How do you get your first client? How do you set up a business? So basically, it covers everything. So that's what we've done more recently. So yeah, and we sold out on the personal styling for yourself course in the first four days. You know, the 140 people that turned up originally, that shows you the demand from these women out there that people want help. I don't know how to do it. Thank you so much for everything you've given us today. We're always saying it's it's about, you know, it's not about the dress, it's about the woman in the dress and it doesn't matter what your size or body shape is, it's about your confidence around it. And that's what we're not saying having saggy knees is bad or a big tummy is bad, any of those things. We're just saying in a society that values youth, we're a bit, our mindset's a bit odd around it as Gen X. How can we feel more confident about what we wear and how can we use clothes to give us confidence? What's your one single mantra a woman should have today when she goes shopping for something to give her confidence in her wardrobe? Balance your figure. Put your figure back into an hourglass shape and you won't need to worry about any lumps and bumps because you won't even see your lumps and bumps. There we go. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wasn't that really amazing? So much great advice from Melissa. Um, And we're going to be going from fashion to the sea for our next bit of jibber-jabbering. Literally no link, Trish, whatsoever, but well done. Swimsuits, swimsuits, there we go. It's the, su- <laughs> it's the summer we wear swimsuits and we go in the sea. But before you think we've gone totally doolally, there is some rhyme to our reason because we realise we're both a bit obsessed by the sea and we often end up talking about it together. You're not going to do a sea shanty, are you, Trish? I'm worried about that. 
No, I haven't gone there with my singing practice yet, but there's still time. Plenty of, there might be a summer project for me, but uh, no. <laughs> oh, becoming a pirate. <laughs> a pirate sea shanty person getting a <laughs> tattoo and an earring. We must talk about our tattoo plans later on, but carry on, carry on. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, no, I'm talking about, uh, you know, obviously everyone knows about my escape to the country fantasies. What I yeah. probably haven't made clear is that they're escaping to the country, but also very near the sea. You spend a lot of your time bobbing about in the salty brine, don't you? I do. I do a lot of uh, open water swimming in Cornwall, uh, where I go quite a lot of the time. There's a bit of science behind it because, you know, regular cold swims in cold water being studied at the moment by Southampton University are very good for you. It activates your muscles, keeps your senses alert. There's a lot of health and mental well-being positives around it. But what I would say, the people around the sea make it very, very nice. I have met such an amazing community, really soothing, love swimming uh, with people. You should never swim in the sea alone. You should always swim with like-minded people who know what they're doing. I do love that ebb and flow of the waves and just looking at the sea. Are you going to be um, sailing again soon, Trish? Because I know you've got what is it, your captain's license, your below below deck license? Day skipper. Day skipper. R-Y-A, day skipper, which means somebody can lend me a yacht or hire me a yacht and I can go out on the high seas with it. I mean, how insane is that? But no, I do love it. And I think it's it's that thing of being on the ocean and the and the sort of the sea and the 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 scale of it, the shape of it, the colours, the textures. It's just it's so calming and soothing. And you you know, seeing the land from the sea is really a beautiful thing to do. But we do know that uh, the sea activates opiate receptors in the brain and it releases all the dopamine. And there's all this science as well around the colour blue, because apparently that is most people's favourite colour. And there's no sort of coincidence because it's associated with clear water, it's associated with sky, it's very, very calming. And I think the other thing about the sea is it's really about memory making, isn't it? Because we go there with our kids, the buckets and spades, the rock pooling, we did it when we were little. And it's just a really, really lovely thing to do. You know, because we both read Demon Copperhead uh, recently, the Barbara King solver. One of the things that I means so many things struck me in that book, but one of the things was that whole chapter where he goes because he tries to see the ocean. And this idea of imagine never seeing the ocean is a scary thought, isn't it's it? It's a terrible thought. There's some science around being able to look at the horizon, settling uh. brainwaves as well, which I've put in my book. There are a lot of books about the sea. One of my favourites is The Salt Path by Raina Wynne. And guess what? She's coming on, isn't she, next season? Yes. We're very excited Sighted. about that. A bit more science though, Trish. Do you remember in Victorian uh, novels when people get sent to the coast for some sea air? Yes, the cure, the sea cure. <laughs> sent off for the cure. Well, apparently the reason is that breaking waves and splashing surf hydrate the air with negative ions, which are invisible molecules, and they've been linked to improving moods and maybe oxygenating your blood. Not only do they accelerate your ability to absorb oxygen, they will naturally increase your levels of serotonin, a key hormone in your brain that makes you feel good. And they also clear the air of airborne allergens such as pollen, spores, bacteria and viruses. And I have to say, I concur with that because when I'm in Cornwall, I really don't get the uh, terrible pollen bomb (laughs) I do in London. Yeah, you've been struggling. Yes, you've really been struggling about that. Apparently the salts, because the high salt, it makes the air quite thick which means that as you breathe it in, it's kind of clearing your throat and respiratory system. I like that idea. And, it, and it's not just what's in the sea, the salt, the sea. It's, it's all the stuff, the minerals. There's potassium, magnesium, chloride. They help muscles, help fight infection, inflammation. And a lot of skin conditions really benefit 
from sort of sea as well, the seawater, um, and sweet swimming can be part of that treatment. And also, this brings us very neatly to your obsession with seaweed, Trish. Yes, it's my new thing, doesn't it? And our seaweed adventure, which is linked to your your little Irish genes there. Come on, explain what we've just done. Well, i it's one of those spooky coincidences from my last trip to there Ireland. There are no coincidences, yes, I know. We have just found that out. Last week's show, exactly. But no, when I went to Ireland for my lovely cousin's wedding, it was right on the West Coast. And the next morning, we got up for a little bit of a hangover walk. It was a little bit of a history thing where they had photos and things of people from ye olden days harvesting all the seaweed on this part of the, the coast, which is where I was used to go as a child. And something I just didn't know about. It was a really, really huge thing in Ireland. And they used to eat the seaweed. They used to do all sorts of things with seaweed. They used to ship it and it was kind of gathered by people. And then it was transported to Dublin and then to Glasgow to be made into the ashes used for things like pottery glazes, soaps. There's even seaweed in ice cream. I'm telling you, it's it's the it answer. Is, really. yeah. And then there's no such thing as coincidence. Literally, the week I got back, got contacted by one of our lovely PR friends to tell me she's working for an Irish, beautiful Irish lifestyle well-being brand called Voya. And did we want to try a seaweed bath? Well, we did, didn't we? We wanted to try a seaweed bath. And we did try a seaweed bath. We went off. We went yes. off to the old dairy retreat, um, which is a cute little spa. Uh, it's actually the barn of a lovely midlife woman called Bex Fletcher. It's her home. Uh, she's worked in the therapy side of the beauty industry for nearly 30 years. And in lockdown, she converted an outbuilding into a retreat, which is a small private place to go with a group of friends. Six people, I think she can accommodate. And she chose to work with Voya because she's obsessed with the sea like we are. Um, she grew up by the sea and she started researching seaweed Seaweed is a massive carbon sink, isn't it, Trish? It just yes. absorbs all the carbon. It's going to it's save the, future. the world. It's going to yes. save the world. Exactly. So Trish, Bex put you in a seaweed bath, didn't she? <laughs> I was a bit worried about it's... the fragility of you. I always think of you as a bit like Maris from Fraser when, when oh. you have to be naked in a bath and we don't quite oh. know what's going to happen. But it was amazing, wasn't it? Slightly disturbed that you think about me naked in a bath, but I was naked in a bath in very close covered proximity in seaweed. to you and covered in seaweed. <laughs> Yes, so basically, Voya do this, it's called Lazy Days. You can buy it, you can do it at home. And it's this like pack of seaweed in a net and you put it in a bath and you, you know, you steep it in some quite hot water and then you top it up with some cool water, let it all, and it all grows and expands and gets very seaweedy. And you have to pop into it. The water's very green and you sit there in this quite cool bath for about 30 minutes. It's slightly odd because you're like, oh my God, I'm I'm sitting naked in a load of seaweed. Does it smell of seaweed? It does. But it smells of the gorgeous sea smell. Mm. So there's nothing kind of hideous about it. It feels very clean and very soft. Could you imagine being a mermaid? I could. I, I mean, if you wanted to, if you didn't want to touch the seaweed, you can sort of shove it down the end of the bath once it's kind of, you know, got all of its lovely nutrients and things out of it and you can shove it down the end and ignore it. But if you wanted it, you could cover yourself in the seaweed. I actually quite liked sort of holding the pieces and they have those, you know, they have those little sort of capsules like bubble wrap yeah. and you can pop them and then all the lovely sort of lovely softening stuff uh, comes out. And so you sit in it for 30 minutes and your skin feels amazing afterwards. It's very calming, very relaxing. And then this is what I loved. You can reuse it um, three times, I think. And then you put it on your garden. It's a fertilizer as well. So how sustainable and fabulous is that? Super affordable as well. £21, three baths and some fertilizer. 
Exactly. You can do that at home. But um, you didn't have the bath, did you? No, I you couldn't. Had the, you had the massage. Okay. I did have a Voya seaweed-based facial, though. And there's a bit of evidence that seaweed has a kind of antioxidant protective effect on your skin and helps with collagen production, helps your skin barrier. Really loved that, even though, you know, I'm not a fan of a massage because I don't like being touched. Yes, you had a face and body massage, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I was touched all over. It's something I might do again, actually. I really enjoyed it. And we can safely say that we now know a lot about seaweed. It's our new favourite superfood. You can ingest it in supplement form as well, Mm. in capsules full of fibre, calcium, iodine. So we have become seaweed, even bigger seaweed fans, haven't we? Yes, yes, we have indeed. I think with Voyeur as well, I think what I like about them, they're this kind of husband and wife partnership. And it's a family business because um, Mark, the guy who owns it, he uh, his family run the seaweed baths in Sligo, which have been there for like over 100 years. So that's it's just kind of a really nice story. And they've, they've been very considered about their customers in the sense of uh, they have spa-specific protocols for anyone going through cancer treatment to ensure yeah. that whether you're having chemo or radiation or if you're in remission, that you can have a specific type of treatment because, gosh, when do you really need it? It's when yeah. you're feeling the worst it all of end. times. It's the yeah. worst of times. And talking of which, they also have sort of menopausal bespoke treatments for women in midlife called the Tides, which are kind of designed to soothe and comfort and help take the edge off all those god-awful symptoms. Yeah. There's a, a bit of indulgence when we need it most, I would say. Well, thank you for telling me about that, Trish. I think our listeners would like to see us in action. We've taken some pictures. It'll be on our Instagram. Follow the Postcards from Midlife Instagram account. Another little day out for us, and we just thought you would like to know a bit more about seaweed and some of the things it can do in your life. If you'd like to get in touch with Lorraine and I, there are plenty of ways that you can do it. Why not send us an email at hello at postcardsfrommidlife.com or direct message us at postcardsfrommidlife on Instagram. We always enjoy hearing from you, our lovely listeners, and we'll respond to as many of your queries as we can. And you can also join us on our private Facebook group, which is a forum for women to discuss the issues that affect us as we navigate this midlife. All you have to do to join is answer three of young Trish's questions to gain access to the group, where you'll find information and friendly support to help you make the most of your second act. Here we are, Nostalgia Noodle. I've got one for you this week, Trish. Go on then. Well, I was in the present time, going back in time, because I went to see Take That at British Summertime, Hyde Park. Oh, Harry Styles one week, take that the next. I know, but this is probably the 27th millionth time I've seen yeah. take that. Oh, okay. And it really did <laughs> take me right back. There's only three oh, of them left oh. now. There's only Gary Howard yeah. and Mark. Um, mm. But guess who came on? Uh, oh, my God. Lulu. 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 Did we relight my fire? Relight the fire. There was confetti. There was fireworks. It was a big old show. But my favourite Yes. The cue for the loo. Oh, I think we might want to test the water in that area of London now for a massive influx of HRT. <laughs> oh, it was basically all women, all the midlife women over forty, yes, wearing their take that T-shirts. Oh. There was one man, but I think he's probably a woman by now. There was so much HRT oh. flowing, so much estrogen. 
everywhere. But they were absolutely brilliant. And do you know what they uh, served? And they must have got extra in for the uh, Gen X women. Oh, I assume it was rosé, was it? Was it rosé or Aperol Spritz? Have you ever had rosé in a tin? I don't think I want to have rosé in a tin. Yes, I would suggest that. I mean, it obviously didn't stop me drinking it, but I would suggest that's true. So I thought worth putting take that there. And also worth mentioning to the listeners that the Netflix documentary about Wham! 40th anniversary is out it's genius it's genius don't tell me i haven't watched it i'm saving it to do it in a group okay. with the rest of the gen x tribe oh that's a good idea it's so joyful and so you sort of realize all the stuff you missed even though it was there it was so present and it's just they were so gorgeous as in these gorgeous lovely young men and the shuttlecock do you remember the shuttlecock <laughs> the badminton racket and also big shout out to uh, pepsi and shirley this is what I was going to say Shirley, to the listeners. Oh my God, you must follow gorgeous. Shirley on Instagram because she's putting up yes. all the pictures from her album oh, of the time and they are can absolutely you brilliant. George would have been 60 I this know. June. It makes me, but that makes me very sad because I think he might have been younger than me when he passed away or my age when he passed away. I don't like that at all. We miss George every day, don't we? Heartbroken about George. Yes, indeed. Okay, team, thank you so much for listening to all our fashion style advice, all the inspiration from our Facebook group and, and our and seaweed, seaweed chat. Yes, and my seaweed. <laughs> uh, Trish will be putting up a picture of her skin oh. and the roses that have benefited from oh, her seaweed. Yes. And we yes. look forward to seeing you all again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.